Montage Podcast by me, Ed Sugars, live from the Swoon Studio in Shanghai. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Depth Charge. Yeah, with Bane and Sugar. Hello. Yeah, hello. Sugars is here. Sugar is here. I need some sugar, <laughs> even though I've been straining from it. Straining from it. Or abstaining from it. You mean? Yeah. Abstain. Well, abstain. 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 To abstain is to forego. To yeah, yeah. Abstain. To, to not partake. Yeah. What about straining? Straining is like you've been you've been overloading. I guess straining is when you're like trying to reach something and it's a struggle. Maybe you can make it. Maybe you can't. <laughs> yeah. Both of them sounds sounds <laughs> sounds like things I'm going through. Yeah. Because I am. I I have been abstaining sugar. I don't put sugar in my food, mm-hmm. but I feel like I need to, like you know, like when I take ways and shit like that. Sometimes I need to put honey in mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't eat fruit. Some some day I don't eat fruits. I you know, so maybe I've been I've been lacking sugars or some something. Well, not all sugars the same. Like for well, example, right. this gingerade we're drinking has got organic. Natural sugarcane syrup, so that's different from processed white sugar. Yeah, that you're talking know. about gingerade, yeah. So maybe you would be interested in sponsoring this uh, podcast, gingerade. <laughs> this is Lana Herbs uh, gingerade. <laughs> Lana Herbs. Actually, I, I'm a loyal you, customer of Lana Herbs. They're fantastic. The drink you can get your dick hard. Oh, hard on. <laughs> um, well, actually, uh, actually, they do have ginseng aid, ginseng, mm. and that's um, that is known to be a, a sexual uh, really? enhancer. Yeah, ginseng, uh, ginseng, yeah, yeah, oh. libido enhancer. Libido. It, says, it says so on the bottle, but I've done my research on Wikipedia <laughs> as well. Libido, libido, libi, libi. I don't think you need any extra libido. Oh man! I'm guessing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Who know. knows? Maybe you're all talk. I, I know. Maybe I am all talk. Why don't you ask her <laughs> or him? <laughs> hmm. Maybe this gingerade has a little bit of burn to my lift, though. Well, ginger's. You know, it's a spice. It's spicy. It's like a. Mm. Um, well, you know, because the. I mean, the cinnamon challenge is uh, the famous one. But you know, if you to take a. Like a spoonful of ginger. Cinnamon That's spicy challenge. You obviously you heard of the cinnamon challenge. No, come on. No, it's where you like put uh, um, a teaspoon of powdered ginger in uh, powdered cinnamon in your mouth, and like it's impossible. It just burns, and everybody start having coughing fit and turns bright red. Why? It was a U- it was a stupid YouTube thing for a while. It sounds people trying it to sounds you know, stupid. Yeah. It does. I'm 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 glad it didn't cross my mind. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? <laughs> it's an American thing, naturally. <laughs> I think I, I could be making that up. I, I've seen it on like a. I wish Trump would have take, <laughs> I wish Trump would have taken that fucking challenge. It would have been so hilarious. Probably be, you know became viral. <laughs> him taking a fucking spoonful of uh, cinnamon. I think he's been. Uh, I think he might be covered in cinnamon. Maybe that's. Maybe he's got lots of cinnamon anyway. <laughs> you mean girls named cinnamon? No, no. Ah. <laughs> oh, where are we going with this? Nowhere in particular. <laughs> I think it always leads to somewhere. Gingerade, ginseng, cinnamon, Trump. 
that does mm-hmm. not mix <laughs> at mm-hmm. all. It's not. I mean, you put ginseng with Trump, it's just like fucking North Korea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking Trump Jong Un motherfucker. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Trump Jong <laughs> Un. That's great. <laughs> yeah. oh, the man. new dynasty. The, the new, new dynasty. <laughs> Trump, Trump Jong Un for a thousand years. We're talking about this is like we start off with a poli- political shit. <clears throat> There was like some fucking protests going on in Bangkok. Yeah, well, I've actually been meaning to ask you because I've been taking some. I I could hardly believe it at first, but I've been taking some flack lately from a that I'm. Out of touch with what's going on in Thailand and mm-hmm. the world, so I can conf- like, and it's true. What happened is I've like taken on some new stuff, and so for about a couple of weeks now, I haven't like read in in the international news. Me neither. I've yeah. been off Twitter. I haven't been reading any Thai news. I haven't even been on Facebook. So I literally have yeah, no idea too. what's going on in the world. No idea what's going on in Thailand. No idea what's going on in, with my friends and family on Facebook. I'm just out of the loop. Oh man, I'm, I'm the same with you. I'm well, I was so busy. You're uh, so busy. I'm busy, and I feel like, well, I do get on Facebook a little bit, but not enough to be like, be interested. Mm. You know, you just see a little bit of notification, and you see like, okay, and then you're like, oh shit, I got something else to do. So you just like scroll down, like maybe I spend like 15 seconds. And I just I, I deliberately out. switched to um, Messenger.me in my browser, so I wouldn't see any of the notifications. Oh, that's nice. Man. If, you, if you load Messenger.com yeah. or Messenger.me, you don't even see the the notifications. Oh, so I'm like wow, clean man, clean living. Well, when when I was in Bangkok, I used to do that. I didn't want to. I don't want to be on Facebook. So, but I need Messenger. Yeah, to right. For work, Messenger's uh, great. There's no denying it. Well, mm-hmm. useful. I mean, as a you know, yes. there's no. I have less problem with Messenger than I have with the other. Yeah, the other associated stuff. Yeah, but they like to look at my dick pics, though. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking programmers like to like hack into my system and look at my dick pics. <laughs> uh, it's a rare item. <laughs> Uh, Why, do, uh, we, how come we didn't get into dick pics with, when Midnight was on? That's, that was a error, an oversight on our part. Well, maybe there was more <laughs> more interesting topic. <laughs> you don't you don't get a name like Midnight Johnson without having had a few dick pics in I, your I life. Feel, I imagine. I, I would imagine. <laughs> but I feel like I feel the name already justified. Like you don't even need to talk about dick pics when you talk about Midnight Johnson. No. I mean, the dick just like popped up in your head anyway. <laughs> oh, well, man. okay. So now that we've taken it down to the lowest common denominator, <laughs> what, should, what should we do now? Uh, well. So you, uh, if you're not following the stuff, then what is? I mean, but you must pro- you must have more idea than me what's going on in Thailand. What is going on right now? Well, even though I don't follow, but I do get on Facebook a little bit. But it is kind of really like okay to be like talking about it like a normal people who doesn't give a fuck about a news or anything. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty pretty alarming situation. There was this uh, lawyer activist who was uh, arrested for uh, talking about the government or criticizing. The government, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, f- from what I heard after the the arrest, he was um, the charge was uh, 
uh, reverse. Mm. So it was kind of weird, but I think it was reversed because of the uh, social media uprising, mm. which led to uh, the recent uh, protest, and it's kind of tied down with the uh, Wan Chalom as well, the missing of Wan Chalom. What Wan Chalom is he? Is he that guy that in in Cambodia killed somebody and ran off no, to Cambodia? No, no, no. no. He didn't kill anybody. Oh, okay. I, he, I've, I've got he, mixed up yeah, stories. Yeah, the one shalom is... Uh, well, no, that's that's another one shalom. Oh, there's another one shalom. Okay. Okay, this is like the reason one shalom. Oh, so there was a one shalom that yes. killed somebody and ran off to Cambodia, wasn't there? I didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 Okay. <laughs> Something like that. But this was like uh, an activist who... Uh, Lee Pai, was that? A political refugee, uh, refugee yeah. uh, in Cambodia, who was then asylum got, seeker or something. Yeah, like asylum like political seeker. asylum yeah, seeker. Yeah, political okay. asylum seeker, who uh, went to Cambodia. Then uh, I think it was about three weeks ago. Uh, he was, um, it was on camera. He was picked up by a, a SUV uh, and gone missing. I think I did yeah, pick up on and we haven't found the body yet. And and I don't, we don't know how. He's doing shit, mm. but everybody's. Uh, there was a rumor he's a uh, pass. Has uh, he's you know, but it's, it's a rumor. We haven't found the body, so we can't really say if he he's dead or not. Mm. It's just to clarify that. But as you can see, there's a lot of unease, tension going on uh, in at the moment, and I. Think there's something need to be said, but I'm not the right person to say it at the moment. I don't think I should be commenting on it mm. yet. All right. Well, we don't have to get into that kind of detail. Yeah. I mean, that's not the purpose of the Depth Charge podcast. Is yeah. what, what we kind of. Uh, it's not that we uh, don't ever want to touch on anything political. It's just no. um, we can talk about whatever. But on the other hand, but we kind of know what we're talking about a little bit. I mean, we mm. just yeah. We, well, I am trying to catch up yeah. some somewhat. What's going on? I mean, mm. we just seeing like you know, we just seeing like article like clickbait, you know, uh, topics. Mm. We're not reading the news. We just see like clickbait uh, headlines. Yeah, you know the way like Daily Mirrors or shit like that <laughs> do in UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, it's not, it's not taste. It's distasteful. Let's let's just say, like the way they write things, and it's just, it just doesn't seem to be like a good journalism at the moment. I feel like you know, everybody has an agenda that they they want to have an upper hand on on the political thing and it's not for the you know the ben beneficial of the people more so than you know their own gain mm. yeah Maybe, uh, the, seems to me like those um mainstream media channel channels here like like in other places are becoming less important there's just a lot more people it's like watching cha youtube channels than there yeah. are like you know but it's not just that it's not just the mainstream the mainstream has the um the 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 responsibility to uh, do a you know to do journalism in in the most uh, upholding and respectful way the um, the independent side of the news should be more intelligent and more more you know 
and analytical in depth yeah more of. in depth and more like you know very challenging in, in a sense but not this tasteful the way you write things for like a fucking um, tabloid it's becoming mm. more like a tabloid you know the way people write news nowadays you know clickbait you know what clickbait is yeah of yeah. course yeah it seems like the headline needs to be like that It's not like um, you know, not like a New York Times or Time kind of headline that you you read and like, oh, you wanna you wanna read or the New Yorkers or order something and you, mm-hmm. you know, the Post. All right, but I don't know. It's just, I don't read that shit anymore. Anyways, I mean, it's just you know, you they don't report news anymore. They report I- ideas and you know agendas, their own agendas. I think mm-hmm. anyway, but that I think that leads to the what you're gonna say that we want to talk about today. I think uh, what mythology? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, well, it could do well because actually, yeah, in a way, um, yeah, because I was thinking about this idea of uh, personal mythology. Mm. It comes from it comes from like a, an older period in psychology really it's more like a Jungian idea I mean I don't know if he was the first to use the phrase but basically you know Jung uh, he, he was interested in myths anyway world myths your microphone is oh sorry drooping no yeah it's always dripping dripping <laughs> oh, oh I hear it dripping my microphone is always dripping <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry Yeah, so there's like level, you know, we have um, cultural mythology, we have like some some mythologies like this, you know, Joseph Campbell came up with this idea of uh, the monomyth, in other words, that there are some mythologies that run so deep that they're shared across all cultures all around the world. So the hero's journey, Mm. which like which most films start Star Wars you know based on this idea of the hero's journey and you can analyze most mm. many, many myths let's just say from around the world in terms of like this oh, no, this, he, the hero's journey mm. most, a lot of movie plots most almost you would almost go as far to say like most movie plots mm. like for example any Adam Sandler film or you know any film where there's a character whose life is in disorder and he, mm. he, he it gets worse during the plot and then he eventually sort of like saves himself mm what's that uh, you know Ben Stiller all, all of it it's like all it's all the hero's journey so this is like um, mm. this is um, this is on the level of cultural mythology you know what that's interesting I'm playing this game called Ghost of, uh, Ghost of Tsushima and there's this like not to spoil or anything but there was this uh, thing that like <clears throat> starts spreading rumors you know like the uh The, the what we call it what in the game we call peasant like because the samurai is the lord is it a samurai game mm-hmm. so the samurai is the lord and you know the peasant are the one who's have to you know serve the lord mm-hmm. so but because the, the mongol has attacked uh, japan and tsushima mm-hmm. the the island there is the first place where the mongol uh, invade okay. so Uh, it's all scattered like people are scattered like and they need to find a way to uh, bring the people back together so uh, there's this uh, girl who starts spreading rumor about this samurai who's killed mongols uh, 
mm. you know, like a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. So this is interesting. So that's a myth, right? I mean, that's a myth in itself. Um, so like maybe it's, it sounds like in this game that you're the one who has to fulfill the hero's journey. You have to play the hero's journey. Right, right. Because you, you're yeah. a samurai, right? Yeah, you, right as a right. player. Is that right? Right. right. Is that how it's working? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, right. It's a good myth. Yeah. Um, but then, um, so that's one side of things. But then basically, uh, Jung also had this idea that... Um, people live by a personal mythology as well mm. and it's usually mm. unco- you you know it's usually unconscious I, I don't fully understand it this so this mm. thought ca- occurred to me that you know what what stories about myself do have do i tell myself like on the level of semi-consciousness you know, you know like how that we we kind of uh, daydream certain things about ourselves mm. it's not like we it's not it's not like we're analyzing ourselves that would be different this is um it's on the level of certain things that we believe about ourselves we might sometimes like tell other people stories about ourselves and those stories are not necessarily uh based only on fact we're picking and we're picking and choosing or we're explaining ourselves you know mm-hmm. explaining our character our history in terms of like I, I would argue you know in terms of a personal mythology mm-hmm. so like for example um, if someone at, like just say let some someone's are at university or the, around about that age and they're like having a conversation with people of the similar age and they're describing what they're into mm-hmm. you know Ah, okay, yeah, I'm into games or I'm like uh, into art or I'm into, um, you know, entrepreneur, I'm into business or making money or whatever it is, music or wh- whatever it is. So, so sometimes we sort of like, we build up this, this side of our character and say, ah, you know, I, I can do this kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. have a history of this. I have a history of that. I don't have a history of that. Now, some of that might be, some of that might be based on fact. mm mm-hmm. But a lot of it won't really be. It'll just be a story we're telling ourselves. Mm. And uh, does it, am I making any sense? It, yeah, Maybe it's just not. like it's. I think it's challenging for me because I feel like I don't really know. Now that I'm, I'm, I'm curious of this topic because I feel like I'm living in a in a in a way that I feel is real and it's not mythology, but. Now that I'm listening through this, maybe what I'm thinking may seems like a mythology to someone else. If I'm if I'm telling like you know what kind of things I'm I'm what kind of code or what kind of mm. things I'm living by, it does seems mythologic. Myth- mythological, myth- yeah, myth- yeah, mythological, <laughs> mythological. <laughs> mm. mm. um, well. You know, now nowadays it's not such a popular uh, area of psychology. Nowadays it's more like um, CBT has moved on to things like cognitive behavioral therapy. They talk more uh, analytical psychology. They talk more about core beliefs. Yeah. So core beliefs are uh, almost always unconscious. And we, yeah. I think we talked about this a little bit before. Car, like core beliefs come from when we're really young and... Yeah, but do you think like it's because of the... Mit- Mythology, or it's it's like stories that we grew up with, like oh. Nitan Isop. You know, it's like the uh, uh, right. What is Nitan Isop? Aesop's Fables. Yeah, in English. Yeah, yeah. Aesop's yeah. Fables. Yeah, 
uh, would that be considered mythology? Could be, right? Um, Because it's a story. Hmm. There are archetypes in there. When archetypes are like strongly like there are archetypes in mytho in mythology, mm. um, but I that's uh, not those are more like teaching stories. There 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 are archetypal characters in there, but I wouldn't describe them as mythology because they're mm. not like they're not origin stories of how yeah, the right, world right. got to be like it is or something like that. Where, whereas, wow, um, wow, that's that's even deeper than I thought. Then then people might see like okay, Christianity, uh, Islam. And Buddhism, uh, Greek, it's all mythology. For in an atheist point of view, then. Uh, hmm. I, I, you don't need to think of myth as being uh, fic. Just f just because there are fictional elements to myth, storytelling elements, it doesn't mean that it's like. Uh, You're calling it a fiction, diminishing it. In in I don't mm, think mm. like uh, you can be a Christian or a Buddhist or whatever and look at the mythology. Like uh, and in fact, I think you would want to. Like if you you might you might almost say that um, to fully understand Buddhism, then you have to understand, have to look into the mythology, and uh, otherwise you're living unconsciously. I mean, the the purpose of like Buddhism is to bring someone to an enlightened state of consciousness and part of like the practice like as i understand it like from one book i read by the dalai lama you know there's not there's um different kinds of meditations some meditations are like a focus awareness meditations and other meditations are anal analysis so mm. you an analyze your uh, cognitive reactions your psychological reactions to the events to what your behavior you, you analyze your behavior mm. i don't think you can um Uh, so I, I don't think you can do any of this without understanding psychology, and part of psychology is you know um, hmm. archetypes, and and then part of understanding the origin of our cultural heritage is is mythology. So I would say that that's not true. I don't hmm. think that um, you, I, just because you have a you're able to apply a mythological interpretation uh, that you're devaluing you know a, a particular religion mm -hmm. and, and, and and in fact that makes sense and in fact when you go back to jung himself um he didn't he analyzed the myths of peoples in the world and and etc but he was you wouldn't call him a religious man when he was like when he was asked <coughs> if he believed in god no yeah. he said i he said i don't have to believe i know yeah. so he was like a mm. firm yeah. he he was what you would call a Um, a Gnostic. Mm, interesting. How you spell his name again so people can search about him? Carl Jung. Uh, C A R L J U N G. Oh. I thought it was with a K. <laughs> <laughs> C A R L and what? J U N G. J U N G. So he's actually a Korean? He's a Swiss German. Okay. <laughs> That caught me off guard. <laughs> That caught me off guard. Carl, so it's Carl Jung. Yeah. K Y U N J. No, that's a very German name. Jung. Jung. Well, no, from where I grew up, <laughs> which is not Germany. <laughs> yeah, which is not Germany. <laughs> oh, that's interesting, man. I love it. Hmm. Hmm. Something to dig into. Hmm. 
Well, I, you know, yeah, I need to dig into it as well. I don't have like um, well, a very deep understanding of it, but I don't know. Like, you know, if you're talking about core beliefs and in a way of a myth, well, no, okay, way. let me just separate that for a second. So, like in in modern analytical psychology, core beliefs are basically um, these unconscious beliefs that we have about ourselves. So, for mm-hmm. example, like an example would be if uh, you know if a, if a young child's parents weren't very affectionate to that child, mm-hmm. like the child might grow up thinking, "I'm unlove, I'm unlovable," because because love wasn't given freely. So the child might grow up with a core belief, I'm unlovable. Mm. And that just me that might be um, that can come out in all sorts of ways. Mm. That child might be constantly trying to mm. do things to prove itself worthy of love, him or herself worthy of love or this kind of thing. Um, so core beliefs can be negative or positive. Sure. And they and they have like a surface reflection of themselves. The, the core belief is usually like hidden. From, mm. from consciousness but the surface reflection is like what you call automatic thinking so you can have automatic negative thoughts or positive ones right. examples of negative now we all have them I, I have plenty sometimes if, like, if I had a bad day I'm tired and things have been going wrong I'm driving around or walking around thinking you useless motherfucker you fucked up again you, mm. you dick you, uh, how could you be so insensitive how could you mm. blah 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 the, you're, you always get this kind of thing wrong mm. you're never going to get anywhere this kind of thing those, those right. are examples of like right, negative right, automatic right. thinking yeah, right. that come up when we're like yeah. uh, and the, I met I recently met that kind of person I was so shocked to hear well like, hang on hang on a sec right when you say that kind of person, I'm I'm talking about everybody here. You're saying like you're you're putting it out into other people. Do, are you saying you know ne- you don't have any examples of automatic neg- negative automatic thinking in yourself? No, it's more like more like a that's more like a critical thinking. But I don't I don't devalue myself. But this in the, this sense like like this. Okay, for example, this person took my compliment and think of it as sarcasm. Hmm. So uh, that's kind of automatically turned that positivity into a negativity. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I, I don't do that. I don't think like unless yeah. it's shown in a way that is so prominent that he's or she is being sarcastic. Then mm. you know I would take I I would see that as a sarcasm, right. but not like if I give you like a you know a a, a well compliment. You know, mm-hmm. and I would never take that into a sarcasm, right? Especially with the way I talk when I when I, I because I'm not a sarcastic person in in yeah. in like normally I'm not. Right. I could be, but I, normally I'm not. Especially when it comes to music, I don't have time for sarcasm. No, no, you're the opposite of a sarcastic person in the sense. <laughs> no, no, really, like because you will say things. Right. That other people like you would say things in the positive that other people won't wouldn't say. You'll, you'll vocalize. <laughs> right, right, There's a right, lot of stuff right. that you'll say that other people won't, right, right, won't say. Like, right. and uh, yeah, about yeah. others and about yourself. Yeah. So yeah, you're so, not a psychopath. So, yeah. So well. I was kind of surprised. But, and I'm and I'm glad he told me. So I I, I kind of like hey don't because I I told him like you know the world's gonna be cruel to you, but. I'm not here to, or this place, you know, is not here to do that to you. Other place, other situation might occur that you that they, it, that it would try to drag you down. Mm. But you you've said like that in the past. You you know you had depression. Yeah. So, so she, usually, 
Like it would be very unusual to have had depression and not have had any automatic ne- negative automatic thinking. It doesn't have to be about oneself. So like some people will be, mm. some people will if if will um, look at themselves and say, "Ah, I'm so fucked up. I'm never mm. gonna blah blah blah." But mm. other people will look at out of the world and say, "The world is fucked up and unfair and mm. cruel to me and blah blah blah." Yeah, that could be. Yeah, I I, I have that. I have that. Not anymore. Uh, it's just like if you, yeah, if yeah, if you have depression, you definitely have that. Before. You're gonna have some looping. Yeah, you're, you're gonna have some loop yeah, thoughts, yeah, and they're yeah. gonna be not true. They're just gonna be like yeah. repetitive, usually yeah. negative, yeah. and this kind yeah, of thing. And I, you know, talking to you now, I know, like, wow, and you know, looking back, I, I I came a long way from that. Just like you know, that spiral, uh, fucking maze going there. It's just like hmm. it's endless. Yeah, but. It's so nice to be able to see it from the out, from the outside view mm. and see the amazing like oh wow yeah so yeah so I don't yeah so for that moment I I didn't feel yeah I was talking to myself because I don't I don't do that anymore like that all automatically thinking like oh I'm such a bad guy sucky sucky yeah mm. <laughs> um anyway so that's on the uh, more modern sort of uh, analytical psychology side of things. But I was kind of more interested in the older idea of personal mythology. Hmm. And I don't, I don't really understand it. I was just... Uh, and this word, this phrase came to my head. And then I thought, um, hang on a sec. I wonder if uh, Jung wrote about that and like I searched. And mm. he did. Mm. You know, I actually... I'd read Jung before, so I maybe had come across it and just forgotten. Mm. Like, um, But I, it, it just occurred to me that like... Um, we let's just say what are the things that um, we value in the world when we look at the world uh, you, the things that catch our eye or how we how we understand like people's behavior the, the like the um, movements in society and culture and, and this kind of stuff like mm. so I mean m- maybe I'll try to give an example like of my personal mythology I mean so for me like I grew up in uh, um, uh, I grew up in a family especially with my dad's side where the the arts were so highly valued so Mm. I think that a big part of my my personal mythology is that artistic expression whether poetry music Mm. literature uh, painting sculpture Mm. I've always considered these things to be the higher aspects of hum- humanity mm. and on and other things like um mm. you know amassing f- wealth and fortunes and working for money what whatever mm. it is mm. building up businesses and blah 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 i've always considered that much much lower mm. you know yeah you know regardless of how much wealth and prestige in the world it has and mm. blah 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 mm. you know it's just part of me built into me from in my family history that um, idea, philosophy and ideas and art are much higher than mm-hmm. much, much higher than all of that That's stuff. True, mm-hmm. So, but there's, uh, you know, the, you, I'm not saying it's all positive because you can have some, you, you've got to be careful of arrogance in whatever you're mm. thinking of, you know, it's, you can't just be like, uh, <laughs> 
you know, you can't just be like a poor starving artist and thinking that you, whatever <laughs> happens, you're better than everybody because I'm an artist, man. You know, like the, oh, I don't yeah. mean it in that sense, you know. Yeah, I know. But, uh, I know. But I still have this idea in me. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. How can I relate to that? And because I feel like that's kind of like a core belief in a way. Well, not, not in, okay, so you could call it a core belief just in layman's terms but in terms of psycho psychology what they call core beliefs that's is really quite different mm. they're very very simple very basic yeah core, core beliefs in terms of analytic psychology are just like uh i'm worthy of love or i'm not worthy of love wow so I'm, I'm a loser or i'm not a loser wow as basic as that and not yeah. more complicated okay. than that well, that's, that's those are core beliefs okay yeah that's interesting. So I'm lucky. I'm unlucky. Those are, that's a, yeah. that's a. I'm a very. Wow. I'm wow. a very lucky person. I'm a very unlucky person. I learned something new today. Hmm, a lot actually. So the mythology is is a bit more complicated. It does. Know? It sounds a little bit more. Well, it sounds more <coughs> complicated. Well, from if if that's your example, my example will probably be well through my family. Well, probably the way I see mm, my family treats uh, others. So. I see how they treat others with love mm -hmm. and compassion and always sharing. And it kind of makes you question about a lot of things like why and that. And, but you see like how much uh, joy and um, hope you see when you give love to uh, people that so desperately need, not just about money. But helping out with, you know, in a sense of like listening or, you know, any, 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 any form of, of uh, uh, good a action, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. You see a lot of, uh, of, uh, of bad things through that, too. I mean, you see like the way my dad will, you know, get used or all these kind of things of because of being a nice guy and something like that so that's well i think that's part of the uh the mythology that i i, I grew up with is like being that you should help people that yeah, you should be yeah be uh, compassionate mm -hmm. yeah. you should share you should share mostly mm -hmm. and at that age you don't know what compassion is you just mm -hmm. know like oh, oh oh this is good like doing good is sharing you know right hugging sharing you know being Listening, you know, giving encouragement, not scolding, you know, not just always like, but I think I've been the opposite of that recently. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> it's not like I enjoy scolding. It's just like I, I, I feel like as I grew older, I learned about the way of the Bushido, you know, the, uh, it's a Japanese uh, warrior's code. And I feel like, it shaped me into becoming more of a, a a mindful person because you have to be aware of yourself in in doing in doing the right code so i live by the code a little bit and finally fun, funny <laughs> i mean it's like i watched this um a series called how i met your mother and there was this character called barney who would uh always have this code it's a called like a bro code mm -hmm. <laughs> and actually i mean this is so fucked up that cvs actually 
like publish a whole fucking book about uh, bro code. It's like fucking like Bible, man. Right. It's so funny, you know. But there's one code that I I I it always stick with me. It's like it's like thou shalt not <laughs> fuck another uh, uh, friend's ex or something <laughs> like that, uh-huh. unless uh, unless as, unless. Uh, you ask permission. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you get like, or, or like, if you call dibs on on this person, you have to you have to respect the the dibs. <laughs> so funny, uh-huh. but it makes sense though. I kind of like. Because I do take it to the heart about that bro code. That's the only bro code I I take. Is like to me that sounds very chauvinistic. I have to say, chau- chauvinistic. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, misogynistic. Like it sounds very um, sexist. Sexist. Yeah. Towards that girl, right? Yeah. Well, there's no, there's no, there's no gender in that. Uh, I guess, but it's like. Um, I mean, it's. Yeah, it is because Barney is sexist, but in a way, I think it go both way for the you know for both genders or human being. Let's let's just put it that way. Mm. I mean, I think it's fair. I mean, I, I mean, if if you know, this case does come up, by the way, and it does destroy a lot of friendship. Don't you think so? Um. I mean, okay, like you know, this like this is your best friend. He or she is dating another person that, unfortunately, you like them as well. I can't take it seriously. It just sounds like American sitcom morality. Hold I just on, can't hold take on, it seriously. On. Okay, you don't have to take that bro code seriously, <laughs> but you got to take the the idea okay. of like mm. this situation does happen yeah. that your best friend, you know, is you know. You 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 are in love with your best friend, girlfriend or boyfriend, lovers. Let's just put it that way. Mm. And then they broke up. Now, you're still in love with that 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 ex of his or her. What are you gonna do? Right. Um, and this is your best friend, not just your normal friend. Fuck your normal friend. This is your best friend. If you know what that is. Right. Yeah. This is your best friend. So, meaning your brother is like your bro. Hey, you know, now we get into this is like personal mythology. This is mythology. I mean, it's it like is. cultural. It's it shared. Is. It's not just personal, but it is because, you know, these are not absolute values. They're no. They're they're um. Yeah, you know, it's not every uh, culture or society or people that um, handle their. Sexual relations in these sorts of terms, I don't think. But anyway, I got you. I no, understand where you're no, coming but, from. But for me, it it kind of evaluates people who's going to be in my personal space, who's going to be in my close circle. Mm-hmm. Not talking about physical. Uh, you you're close to me now, or this person is close to me, but not in my close circle. We all have circles, you know, like outer circle, inner circle. And that inner circle is special, mm. you know. And your best friend is always the one in your inner circle, because you call him your best friend. You don't usually call a lot of people your best friend. 
Yeah, right. I, you know, okay, I can understand. Man, just a little bit far from me. I remember from uh, Martin Scorsese's um, documentary on George Harrison, Life it, uh, Living in a Material World, that um, like in there there's the story of how um, Eric Clapton sort of like uh, ended up right. having an affair with George right. Harrison's first wife, right? Right. But this is like while they were still married, this one yeah. thing. Right. I, and uh, they did fall out about it. Yeah. To, um, but I, I have a hard time imagining that they would have had this big fallout if uh, George Harrison and his first wife had already been separate, already been divorced and separated. Right. And even if, even if Eric Clapton had not asked permission. Right. I think, I think uh, George Harrison would have been, I think he would have had a, such a big problem with it. I don't, I don't know about that, man. We don't know about that. True. Because that's, that's the uh, alternative reality that you just said. Because the true reality is, you know, I mean, Clapton did have an affair with his first wife when that was, they were still married. I'm glad we managed to bring musicians into this. I know. That's a little <laughs> weird. Because it does happen in every society, doesn't it? But to be honest with you, in my, my, in my circle, I know that it's my close friends that I call best friend. We respect these things, you know. Mm. Even though they are not with me now, I'm here in Chiang Mai Day in Bangkok. We respect each other. I know like two best friends who happen to like one friend does like his uh, girlfriend, but even though they separated, he choose to be like responsible to the relationship of our friendship that he would not pursue, you know, in wooing, you know, the ex. Mm. Okay, you know. Yeah. Okay. I I got you the wrong code. I, of course, um, it's this is all part of like just being. It's part of just being sensitive to other people's feelings. Right. In this case, right. your friends' feelings, right? Right. Um, right. I understand that. But then there's, you know, that that's just a very small slice of being sensitive to people's feelings. In that whole pie of being sensitive to other people's feelings, there's a lot of other stuff. I know, but don't you think like. We all take take it uh, for granted for all the little little things that happen in our life. We think, ah, oh, you know, don't cry with spilled milk, don't this and that. But sometimes we forget about why it was spilled in the first place. It's not about the milk that is spilled, but we forgot to like prevent, you know, things shit from happening. I'll give you a, an extreme story. Yeah, which please. Is, uh, a very extreme. It's not tr- true. It's just like something I've I read. It's one of these like teaching stories from, um, uh, well, from an old Sufi book. Um, so there's um, there's this teacher. He ha- he has he has his pupils, but he's also like known as a sort of uh, herbalist and healer. So people come people who are sick come to him. I don't know where this is supposed to be. It could be, uh, uh, you know, somewhere in India maybe or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so people come to him when they're sick and one day an old man comes to this teacher for you know for his help and um it, he's a sort of very lowly person the, the the old man visiting the teacher and so it's taken a lot for him already to come perhaps quite far and anyway he comes and is explaining his problems to the teacher and then one of the teacher's pupils notices that the old man has stuck his 
sharp pointed cane in the foot of the teacher and hasn't realized it. And the pupil looks at the teacher with horror and the teacher sort of gives a, a sign to say, don't mention, don't say anything, don't make a move, don't give any impression at all. Anyway, so uh, they continue and the old man finishes his story and sort of receives advice and help from the, from the teacher. And as he leaves, the teacher uh, faints mm. because his foot has been pierced by this cane and blood's yeah, coming out. Yeah. And the pupils ask him, um, why, why, did you, uh, why didn't you say anything? Mm. And the teacher said, well, you know, it took, a, it took so much for this lowly person to come and see me in the first place. I knew that if I'd said anything, he would have been horrified and would never have come to see me again. Mm. That's a, that's a real, you're, you're not seeing the connection there. I see, <laughs> I, the, I, I see the connection. It's just like, mm. uh, so I, what, what I mean is that, um, for me, this like bro culture rule that you just put is incredibly like, it's so narrow. It is. It is narrow. It's clicky. I don't know if it's clicky. I mean, I yeah. feel like, I, it has served me well. But no, I feel like it should just be, um, it should go, out, go almost without saying that among the many, many things that you have to do um, if you're being sensitive to other people's feelings is not to fuck around with their, you know, wife, partner, girlfriend, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to be careful. But there's like so much, it's, it's an, like for me, it's almost, uh, it's, it could only come out of a culture that's obsessed with like um, these kind of, you know, a Valentine's Day culture that's obsessed with like this re these romances, this kind of thing. I, I, I just see it in that, like that I light. I think you fail to see like the true meaning behind the code. Maybe I do. Because you're right, it's about the, uh, the sensitivity <coughs> of, of uh, you know, to one, to, uh, to other people, uh, person, but it's more about like that little thing that, you know, can spread to other things in life, to other things that you would be more sensitive to other people, to other things, not just a part of that, right? Well, but in the Ten Commandments, isn't, isn't it that thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife? Right. But it doesn't say thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's ex. It doesn't say that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is not just about ex, isn't it? It's just about like... I'm just saying, like, in, I'm, I'm, in, in, I'm just joking. I know, I know. Took but, an opportunity. <laughs> I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit serious because <laughs> okay. I, because I am living this code. Okay. And I feel like it's it's you know I've been able to be sensitive towards other people because I'm living through this code and I don't you know. But I understand. Did, what, what did you say? The Japanese called bush, uh, what? bushido. Bushido, right? But bushido doesn't have this code. Okay. Well, what, what does bushido have in it? It's a warrior code. Um, <sighs> but don't don't the warriors have any rules about uh, dating? No. They, no. It, at that time, you can fuck anybody you want. <laughs> See, so I'm getting at. Well, I don't know. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah. Maybe that's not true. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Probably Let not. me search about it. I oh. want to be right. Okay. Well, so. Yeah, but when you so you when you say you're living by this code, which code do you mean? The Bushido code or the Bro code, or both? Both, both. Why do I have to live by one by one oh, code? Fair enough. What else is in the Bro code? 
A lot. A I lot. don't really really care, but this is the most important one. This is the most important yeah. one. Okay, okay. It's just like the small thing. It's funny, but it's not. Because okay. if, you know, like I said, look at Clapton and George. Mm-hmm. They had a falling out. Yeah. Why don't you prevent that shit? I agree. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. This leads to other things, too. Mm-hmm. If, if it makes me more sensitive to you, to other person. Like that, we're not gonna go fuck around uh, other people's girlfriend, if you know, ex or not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it's easier just not fuck around. You know, just just go, just go. If you do really like him or her, talk to your best friend. Like I really feel like I love this person. Just talk to your best friend. Like, can I please just have like a blessing from you? Well, why not? Mm-hmm. Why okay. not? Why 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 go behind him? You know his or her back, and fuck around with their ex. It doesn't make sense. Mm. Anyway, um, are we looking at Bushido? Yeah, it's really interesting that I I haven't seen this in a while. So there's actually seven code in there. So I'm not gonna try to pronounce it right, but I think it's Gi which is morality, righteousness, justice, you, bravery, courage, heroism, jinn, virtue, benevolence, humanity, mm-hmm. charity, ray, gratitude, makoto, sincerity, honesty, integrity, fidelity. Fidelity? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's mean like duty, right? Highest duty. Mayo. Uh, yeah. Honor and shuiki, loyalty, devotion. So that's the Bushido code. Yeah. So it's the seven virtue of, of Bushido actually. So seven ways. So that's where all those seven ways come from. Is because see, of the Bushido. You see that? See that's what I'm talking about. Now that's a gen. That's a code that encompasses everything. You yeah. don't. You don't need to spell out when you have a code like that. You don't have to spell out. A little things like the bro code because the bro I code. I know, I know, but the bro, the bro code's left a lot out because yeah. because it's gotten very specific. You know, like, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I know what's going to be in the bro code. It's going to be something like "Thou shalt not eat Joey's food" because <laughs> yeah. that's a friend's one, right? Or yeah, something right, like that. Right. You know, this, these very specific things. I know, and it's like, stupid. And like ninety nine point nine percent of the world's necessary morality is left out of it. Uh, just the certain things left. Yeah. There's just certain things in there. But I don't know. But I feel huh. like you know, we as a species, we need to you know die down things just to be easily adjusted uh-huh so it's easy for like me to talk to like another person that's gonna be my friend and say like do you know my bro code and the bro code is like or like you know like american is like bros before hoes you know that's what they they the back in the old days they used to say all these things yeah huh? very sexist kind of thing hey it's not my word god damn it people it's the old saying I'm not saying it and anyway it's always hoes before bros <laughs> just kidding <laughs> you're not making it any better I know I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey I don't mind uh-huh. I don't mean it uh-huh. yeah but uh-huh. anyway I think yeah the Bushido code you know it's always it's always something to look into Mm. You know, to check yourself, you know. Sure. Because I do, I do try to live my my life as honest as I can. And I've been like that for five years. I feel like before 
There was other issue in my life that I feel like I wasn't being truly honest, especially to myself. Mm. You know? And you try to make the on the most honest music, and you can't really make it. The only thing that was honest about my music was the sorrow part of it. Mm. You know, but to truly be honest to yourself, that's a journey in itself. You know that you. You want to have that honesty so that you can be fully present to those person in front of you that you can truly help or encourage or receiving, mm. you know, and you see that they can trust you or you can trust them because you know what trust is, what honest is, mm-hmm. because you are truly honest to yourself. You can see that the other person is deceiving you or not. You know, so I, I take that to the heart. Injustice and morality, integrity, in, integrity. You know, you know how I learned about integrity. Go ahead. Um, from this movie, uh, "Sense of a Woman." Scent of a woman. Yeah, scent of a woman. Have you ever seen that movie? I have a long time ago. Yeah, is I saw that when I was young, and. It really struck a chord with me, you know. Like, wow, it's this is mind blowing, man. I don't remember anything else about it other than that Al Pacino was blind. <laughs> oh God, that's man. all I remember. <laughs> you should see it. It's on next week. Yeah, I want to see it again. He, he, man, I think he got an Oscar for that. Really? Yeah. It's good, man. Ooh, ah. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna watch it again. <laughs> What? You don't like it? I love it, man. <laughs> I mean, it's so it's so well done. You know the way you like he's blind, but he can smell women. And he talk about vagina and shit. It's so nice. <laughs> and he doesn't even say the word vagina. He's just like, ah, oh, the passage to heaven. <laughs> I'm definitely not gonna watch it. <laughs> But that's just a glimpse of it, you know. It's just like, oh man, I love that movie. <laughs> I think Matt Damon was in it. No, 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 no. It was that guy that played uh, Robin Hood. Oh no, not Robin Hood. Robin in Batman. What's that fucking guy's name? Yeah, he looks like Matt Damon though. <laughs> fucking stereotype. <laughs> yeah. Where are we going with this? Um, so, how do you like understand people? Like, uh, because this um, this idea that you under you know you understand people, you know people by by their actions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you try or do you know? You mean what do you mean? Try to understand or, yeah. or actually understand? Yeah, try or actually, yeah. That's a big difference. Yeah, sure. I was more thinking about, um, you know, when I th- when I think of understanding people, I I don't think just observing their mm. actions is enough, because like if you think about, um, you're right. It's almost like the interesting thing is the the. 
the air with which pe with which people do something and it's the same for animals like for example it's not just it's not just what cats do that makes a cat a cat it's right. the nonchalance with which they do things mm -hmm. and the you know the attitude the sort of attitude right. and dogs right. are the same it's dogs don't uh, you know they do it's they don't they do or do not do things but it's the sort of like joy or the loyalty or the eagerness or the sort of like mm. longing or what whatever it is that they it's mm. that they do things with which is uh we is communicated to us and that's what i think it's almost that you um it takes a certain level of like maturity i think to see this in uh well maybe i'm wrong it takes i think in a way you could say it takes a little level of maturity or to, to, to so. see this in I people so. but on the other hand um i also sometimes feel like little children notice this quite automatically as well mm. um so i'm not sure they do i think they're the best <coughs> observer kids are the best observer in the world mm. and so many times we neglect that because we let our maturity you know uh uh, what mature maturity mature our our age mm. you know uh governs uh, i think things. that's what i think that's what uh like i've said before that teaching is the hardest thing i've ever tried to do mm. i like uh i could get used to anything being on stage fine but i always sweat when i was teaching and i think it's because mm. that i know how keen observers children are mm. it's like I, you know, I find children like scary for this reason. I have, I, 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 admit I get it. you. I get I you. I admit it. I, I'm not scared by them. I am, I'm challenged by them. I'm inspired every time I'm in a class because I have a duty to uphold. Because I know I've been through, I think I'm a survivor of bad teaching. Mm, I'm a well, we all are. Yeah, we are survivor of people looking down teacher looking down on us people derailing your dreams that's the most like sad about school is that you expect like kids to go there and be inspired but they are shaped everybody's shaped into a square box head mm. or square figures and not letting it be what it needs to be with the shape of what that kids need to be or the potential of them growing to a larger uh, shape than the teacher itself. The teacher doesn't understand that he or she is the vessel of that person that need to grow and make uh, the society a better place, a society that outgrew the teacher. Mm. You see, that's, that's the problem with the teaching. And I, I feel like I can't stand the politic behind that system as well. And, you know, that's why I love kids' uh, observations so much because they are, they are at the age of learning. You just got to tap into the right, right channel because right now kids are growing up with iPads. They are growing up with knowledge. Too many knowledge that they, 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 they don't understand. I taught seventh graders to uh 10 graders i mean seven graders at that time at my age at, at like i don't know 20 years ago i wouldn't have the same knowledge they're talking about things you know 
that are are more advanced than 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 we are talking. Mm-hmm. They are talking about like um, what physics. They are talking about a computer science. Mm-hmm. They're talking about programming already, writing codes. You know, understanding like oh uh, w- the relation of mathematics, or even some other kids going to more artistic side, seeing the visual. Part of like what they they can do, what inspired them, gaming, mm-hmm. like seeing like okay, they don't they don't see games like us anymore. They mm-hmm. see games like seeing codes. They see games like oh oh, you can write this kind of code and it generates this kind of like flow going on using that this mechanics and all this shit. This is seventh graders, man. Seventh graders talking about this kind of shit is scary, mm-hmm. and they're talking about politics. Seventh graders talking about politics, like like at that time, um, you know, there was still going on like about like uh, I think it was before no no, it was just right before uh, or after the the coup, and they they want to understand like the the movement of this like okay what why is the protest is going on and because of what because of the news and the parents and what they're seeing mm. right so. I'm inspired right hearing that, but I need to ask them. Like, do they understand what corruption is? Like, I ask them. I ask seventh graders, do you understand what corruption is? Most of them do, but most of them understand like it's okay to do corruption. I ask, is it okay to do corruption? You know, uh-huh. it's like, it's like, yeah. Some said, yeah. If you, if it makes the country, uh, make this uh, type of uh, society better, it make the family better. So you see, like. The divide already in the kids at seventh grade that are taught by their parents and their other society at home that mm-hmm. corruption is okay as long as your family is okay. And there's another group said no, it's better that no corruption and the money goes to the people and the the country is better. Mm-hmm. And this is a debate, right? You know, they don't get mad at each other. They just debate about it. seventh graders. <coughs> Scary. Mm-hmm. Fuck, man. It's, I I mean, then when I heard them talk about that. I start to like wow. How, how old are seventh graders again? Thirteen. Mm. See, twelve. Yeah. yeah, thirteen years old, fourteen years old. Yeah. Well, that doesn't. Sound, I mean, you know, when I was twelve, thirteen, I was reading Bertrand Russell, but I wasn't talking about it with anybody. No, I was no, just reading it on right, my own. Right. I mean, I remember that that was a crucial age. I remember when I was thirteen, I already decide what I'm going to do in my life. And I've been living and doing that. I still didn't decide. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> but we're not all alike. But I'm saying, like, if we can govern and be a vessel of the kids, of the mind, and make them, you know, choose a better life and see their career path happening already, it's mm. inspiring, man. I mean, because you know what? When you get to, like, uh, 15 years old or 16, their hormones take in and they start talking about pussy already, you know? Now you have to teach a little bit differently. I teach like ninth graders about like how to be a responsible. This is all boys' school, by the way. So you have to teach them how to be like uh, a gentleman. And this is music class, right? So I'm teaching them like the mor- the moral of being a good gentleman towards women. Well, how do you say that in Thai? Gen- I mean, superbrut, superbrut. Do, do people respond to that kind of language still? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not. It's not just language. It's about the the way the code of being a gentleman, right? Right. I ask them, "Do you see girls 
as an item. Mm. You see them as just a part of like jerking off and a way to just like get your emotion out. Do you see them as a piece of meat? I really asked them this, man. Like ninth graders, because that's when they they starting to meet women's, uh, meet girls, right? And so, so if they what, so, well, um, what do you tell them? No, I asked them this. Okay, you asked. So them. I asked them this, and they say, uh, no, it's just. And but some said like I asked them like first about like, what do you think about love? What is love to you? Do you think about girls? Do you think about pussy? Do you think about all these kind of things? You say, well, no, I'm thinking about like school. And say, you fucking lying, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, you know. And then we we get into that code breaker, right? That ice breaking thing, mm-hmm. and we get more into it. You understand? And like some really do just concentrating on the school, but some are really obsessed by the the hormones that are that are. You know, occurring. Mm-hmm. Sure. So you you have to when that thing occurs, you gotta set it right there. What is so wrong about being a gentleman towards women? You know, so you teach these kids not to be sexist at that age, right? But then, I don't know. That sounds. I I think I have a problem with this language now. Because what language, gentleman? <laughs> yeah. You don't think we should be gentlemen? It's not that. It's just. Um, What if? Why do we have to like? So what's the? What does anybody say, gentlewoman? I mean, what do you tell the girls? The women. What well, I mean, you, you're not. In all- Thai, is a gulisatri, right? Uh huh. So, for me, women is already. Have you, have you not been teaching girls? No, it's, uh, okay. all, it's all boys. Uh, okay. So I won't know. Like, I don't know. I just see. I just tell. The kids who are boys to be a good gentleman so they can treat the women like their mothers. Mm. That's the code. That's the thing that I'm teaching them. It's like you have to respect the women like you respect your mother. See, my feeling about this question is that um, that we've come from a time in like my country and here too where there was this great division between the sexes and. Girls were girls and boys were boys. Right. And now I feel like that we should be in a time where people are people. I mean, yeah, there, there are. Okay, there, there, no, there are gen, there, I, there are sexes, and you know. No, but w- I understand this, man. But if you're a gentleman, you're not a sexist. I, I see what you're saying, but I'm, but I'm saying um, the reason, like for example, that the reason why you are gonna be uh, good to this other person is not just because. Gentlemen should be good to women. It's because people should be good to people, kind no, to people. I understand that, man. But people don't really understand this shit. I don't understand why you need to destroy the core of what is good in the sense of like, you know, the foundation of being a good gentleman. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is so wrong with that? Why is like some of the things that are conservative? It's good already, and people are trying to destroy with all this like modern thinking uh-huh. into. Into something that you can't even do. Mm. Of course, people people needs to be like, you know, be kind to other as people. Okay. But we're not that kind of human being, man. Mm. You, I mean, people can like normal guys today. How many people can you say they are gentlemen? Hmm. Only 10% of like guys that I see now are gentlemen. Everybody's harassing women because they don't have the same education that I gave to the kids. They don't have the same. Integrity towards women. 
Um, okay. Okay, it's like, true. Like in, now in, that we live in like an L- LGBTQ kind of thing, and it's people and people. But I'm just like sympathizing this. You mm-hmm. know, true what you have just said. But it's easier if you're straight, and I'm. I I taught kids, and you're a gentleman. Even if you're gay, you you're still a guy. You're still a guy, and you need to be a gentleman. Mm-hmm. You just need to be. You know, I'm just like sympathizing and characterizing something that has been taught since, like, you know, mm. the the what the golden age or what the uh, you know golden age. I don't know the uh, the 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 generation, whatever they call like. The great generation, the great, the great generation. Uh, what, what what, I don't know what the they greatest call. generation. Yeah, that's what they were called. So that was the core that you know I've been taught by my grandfather of mm-hmm. being a good gentleman, mm-hmm. which equal good people. Mm-hmm. Because the core is good. Why you need to question if that's a sexist or not? Because you are, you know, g- giving honor to a woman. Of course, in that sense, like back in the old days, you feel like. Women are weaker, a weaker being mm-hmm. than like physically weaker being than the guys, and right. you want to like protect that being, right? Which in sense is still true that guys are stronger, like physically stronger than a women. Mm-hmm. Okay, like this percent is like the people that women that are pro bodybuilders or CrossFit, you know, that are stronger than most men, but that is just three percent. Mm-hmm. It's not the whole, whole genders, so to speak. Mm. But you know, I'm not gonna change this core because of the, like the word changing, mimicking, motherfucking, like oh people, people thingy. It's like, of course, man. I mean, that's the core of being good people. Is like you gotta, you know, love one another and just like, you know. But I don't see that happening. Yeah, people don't talk about this, you know. And this is just easy, like. You know, you being good gentlemen and you being sophisticated women, I would call that. I love calling women sophisticated because they are w- women. Period. Are way smarter than men. Mm. You see, right? <laughs> you just Paul just got an LJ ran out. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Man. You always push my button. I I wonder if you push A's button like this, in you know if you know what I mean. <laughs> Sometimes, I guess. Sometimes. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. Well, um, let's just say that um, I do like I've been with like in a couple as well, and and also just like around friends, around people. There there are certain people um, who I've always felt like. It was almost like irrelevant that they were uh, male, female, men, women, whatever. It's like a very irrelevant. And there are other people that really have. This is part of the. I can take this now. I can take this back to the personal mythology. Right, so, right. for example, I, like I've been with women who, um, very strongly all the time, right. remind you what if if I were to ask her, why are you doing that? Oh, it's because I'm a woman. This is what women do. <laughs> and uh, and it's something, you know. You know, I I, I, fi- I understand what you're saying. Uh, and other people are not like that because they recognize that yeah, there are certain things that women do that uh, men don't do, that females do that males don't do. But in general, uh, the things that we share is vastly greater. You know, we share like um, 
that whole women are from Venus or whatever and I don't men know from what Mars that shit, is. shit is whatever that is I'm yeah. just using it as an example I mean the, the fact is that um, the similarities are uh, like vastly outweigh the differences although um, although you know the differences are cool the differences are cool yeah. I just yeah I just I don't know we can never be like women and women can never be like men it's just like that women are just smarter and we just like I don't know I feel like I are, I'm honoring you know uh, being a gentleman and being respectful to towards women you know how how much that's lack in this society of respecting the women even though women is a mother gender how much we you know destroying we we don't we don't even res- respect our mother you know um, it's just yeah. so it's so bad man i mean i mean we can talk about all the advanced thinking we want but the core of it we have never really sorted it out we mm. have never really taken care of how to build you know a guy into becoming a gentleman we just say oh he's a guy he's a people he's a person and you want him to be loving and caring and respectful to other human being but mm. he doesn't even know how to get there there's no core in that mm. and that's 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 scary from what i see and now i'm seeing like the new the new way they're going you know it's it's kind of like appalling the way that like women are being harassed you know are we talking like in thailand or around the world around the world mm. it's not just thailand it's okay maybe in some other countries or even here has a has a worse like ideology towards women you know like back then like in india or in uh korea and japan is just awful you know but this could be another topic (laughs) yeah man that's a huge topic um yeah i know that there's uh all sorts of um, pr- problems with harassment yeah. that women face. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not going to waver from what I just said. I'm going to, you know, keep being a gentleman as much as I can and not being a sexist. I think being a gentleman is a good thing because the core of being a good gentleman is all respectful. You know, it's about, you know, being respectful to yourself and to others. You know, be kind. I just watched uh, the first series of this um, series on Netflix, uh, Altered Carbon. Have you seen that? Oh, no, no, Heard never, about that? never. Well, the interesting thing about like this, uh, uh, the interesting device, plot device that they have in there is that basically um, they found this way to sort of put a person's consciousness into this little kind of piece of equipment mm-hmm. and you can swap what they call sleeves. Sleeves uh-huh. is like the physical body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but basically, uh, in this series, many, many times, a man's con- and people basically can live can live for almost ever because mm-hmm. they just live in this thing which mm-hmm. doesn't ever go off. Um, but people, so women get put into a men's body, mm-hmm. and so you have all these scenes where grandma gets uh, restarted, resleeved they call it, and uh, grandma. But grandma is now this like huge guy with piercings, wow. and and the uh, the whole family just in a, in a matter of seconds because they're used to this idea just yeah. accepts oh here's grandma hug grandma you know <laughs> and grandma's now this huge guy oh, yeah. huge oh, yeah that's cool so um what would happen like into your you know what would happen to your your theory your gentleman theory if uh now uh a woman a a a, a so, someone who's someone who um 
lived as a woman is suddenly in, in this in this physique of a huge mean. strong guy I understand what you mean are you is it still relevant to be a gentleman towards why that? not because it's a code yeah it's not a gender thing okay it's a code oh fair enough okay uh, right yeah so if you being respectful to yourself mm-hmm. and to others mm-hmm. and you upheld like protecting the weak right mm-hmm. and that's, I think that's part of being a gentleman it's like you being kind you're protecting the weak I think it makes perfect sense it's not just about being you know like Bushido is not just for men don't forget that Bushido is for warriors and warriors can be women too mm-hmm. as long as you uphold the uh, the code So in that sense, it's a mythology in a way too. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but this idea of like protecting the, the weak, yeah, 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 right, isn't it great? Well, yeah, but um, on the other hand, uh, yeah, I guess you can't always assume that um, you're the strongest. No, but why? Why you need to assume that you're the stronger? But you mm. are brave. You have to be brave. That's part of the Bushido code. Mm. Because you, if you know, it doesn't matter you can or cannot protect, but you must because you're brave and you want justice. See, this is what, now we've dug up your personal mythology. I know, I know. (laughs) It is, it is mine, personal mythology. I enjoy it, man. I, I, that's how I, I became friend with my best friend because he he was you know bullied and I I helped him. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't the strongest, but I I stood mm. stood up for him. I always do. You know, when I see the weak uh, get bullied, I always do. Mm. Yeah, so that's part of it. Good for you. Good for me. Can I get a blowjob now? <laughs> I think it's time for you to go and do your radio stuff, man. Uh, yeah, it might be actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, well, thanks for really challenging the uh, me with this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to what we're gonna bring next. Yeah. Right. I was thinking of like actually getting stuck into the research for the uh, Northgate thing since it's coming up to the 13th uh, anniversary. Yeah, It'll soon, isn't time. it? Yeah, yeah. So maybe, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do that. I my, think uh, in two weeks we'll probably get it right. Out. Yeah, mm. that'll right. be a good time. Okay. Yeah. Hey, so you guys at home, share your you know personal mythology, you know ideology. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck it is, or your core belief. That simple thing that Paulie just talk about. Has to be simple. I'm lucky or not? Are you lucky, my friend? <laughs> Please answer in the comment. And until next time, yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye.